if you would this morning, listen along and think. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we, do, we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and he reached the tomb first. And he bent over and he looked in. Strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around the head of Jesus. Cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, he also went inside. And he saw and believed. But they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. I always think about Sandy Patty's song on, on Easter Day. The title of the song, I believe, is, Was It a Morning Like This? And you wonder, was it? Was it a day like today, which for most would be just any normal day, except what happened? I want to tell you that every year, this is the most challenging sermon that I do. How do you capture this event, the resurrection of Jesus, how do you capture that in words? In just a few moments. But I don't think we're alone in that. I don't think I'm alone in that idea. In, in the Gospel of John, as we just read, Mary Magdalene, she goes to the tomb while it's dark. With spices to anoint a dead body. In the Gospel of Luke, Peter runs into the tomb. He looks in. And he doesn't understand. And Mark, the women, after they're told what happened, they went away afraid and they said nothing. What do you say? And as we just read, the disciple whom Jesus loved, he saw and believed. And then the next verse said, and they still didn't understand what was going on. And so this idea of, of the resurrection of Jesus, that we believe it, we believe it with all of our hearts, is still an enigma. For the women, on the one hand, they left and said nothing. It made them afraid. Understandably so. And then we read about the two guys on the road to Emmaus when Jesus came up and began to talk to them. And they didn't, they didn't know it was Jesus. And after it was over, they said these words. Were not our hearts burning within us while He spoke to us on the road? Afraid, but yet our hearts are burning. Does it resonate with you? Afraid, but our hearts are burning. There's something about this event. There's something about this story 
I think Matthew sums it up well when he tells us about the women. He said that they were afraid, but full of joy. That's it. That's it. So may I give you a few things to think about today. About the resurrection of Jesus. About what, it, what it might mean. What is, what is it that we go through every year? But, but even so, what we go through every week, every day that we live, we say that Jesus is the resurrected Savior. What does it mean for my life? What difference does it make? A few things. First of all, the resurrection of Jesus turns reality on its head. It turns reality upside down. Things are no longer the same. Things are not working out the way that we typically see them work out and the way that we expect. Because you see, if that is possible, then what? If that's possible, then what else is possible in this world? The impossible now becomes possible. One of the beings in the tomb asked this question, and I think it strikes at the heart of this. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Right? That's more than just a question of why are you in the tomb. It's a question that speaks to our heart. If Jesus has been resurrected from the dead, which we believe that He has, why do I live my life looking for the living among dead things? It's turned it upside down. My life now is called to find the living things among that which is alive. That it is looking for life, not clinging to the past. But now, because of the resurrection of Jesus, I look for the potential. I look for the potential in every circumstance, every situation. How can this be transformed? But I also look for the potential in every relationship. What can God, through Jesus, do for this? Because without it, we get stuck. want to allow this power of Jesus to flow through my life, to make a difference in this world. That my life in following Jesus for a long time, I just have to confess to you, it was all about, okay, make sure that you make sure that you come to Jesus so that you get saved. And from then on, make sure you do everything right and make sure you avoid everything that's wrong. And, 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 and hope at the end of time that somehow you sneak into heaven. And the older I get, the more I think about it. And I say, you know what? There is so much more to this message of Jesus and the life of Jesus based on the resurrection from the dead. That I'm supposed to be turned upside down. But here's the challenge with that. When he did it. He initiated a great change. Let me pause there. Let me say it again. He initiated a great change. See, change scares us. Can I get an amen? Scares us. I like things normal. I like 
routine. I like to know what's going to happen. I like to I, I want to make sure that, that that I'm able to figure things out. And I want to go from A to B, from B to C. And I want to live in this linear pattern in life. So that when I see things that happen in the world around me, I've got it figured out. I know what's going to happen. But when God raised Jesus from the dead, everything changed. It was upside down. And it was a change for those disciples and those people, those women, the men, the people that were around Jesus. Because you see, again, as we talked about in class this morning, they were anticipating a Messiah that was in the in, in, in the reign of King. Yeah, in the reign of King David military. But lo and behold, they took our leader and they put him on a cross and they killed him. I guess we'll look for another leader. Oh, by the way, have you heard he's back? What do you mean he's back? He's back from the dead. What does that mean? That means I have to change. I don't necessarily like change. I have to come to grips. All of us have to come to grips with the reality of a resurrected king. And so not only does it turn reality on its head, but now there's a personal challenge. What am I going to do with this concept of a resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, that we have confessed His name as Lord of our lives? I've got to change. I've got to look at every relationship I got to look at every circumstance at work. I got to look at the way we worship. I got to look at everything. Because he initiated the change. I remember when our first child was born, a son. I was so excited. I loved to watch Marianne take care of him, and I would stay at a distance. I didn't want to break him. Right? You know how, what I'm talking about. And one day she said, I've got to run to Walmart here and put him in my lap. And I'm sitting in my chair. It was the first time she drove off. And I'm like, dear Lord. <laughs> and he was asleep. And I sat there and I looked at him. It was incredible joy and, and, and pride. Right? I had a hand in this. <laughs> It's a new life. Right? And this, this, this whole idea of birth is, is, to a large degree, is a miracle. I'm so proud. I was so excited. Right? And then fear came over me. I was scared. Can I, can I love this child? Can I raise this child? But even more than that, not more than that, but at the same time, I said, you know what? Whoa, life is now different. Can't go to bed when you want to. You, 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 don't, you don't hop in the car and run to the store and jump out and run into the store and do your thing. No, you've got to get them loaded up and you've got to get them unloaded and you've got to figure out how to put them in the cart. And, right? So if he's sick, then you have to rearrange your schedule. I mean, it's all different now. So, so this idea of having a child was one of a great excitement, but yet, oh boy, it's about to change. 
say, why, why would you change? Why not just go on with life? And the reason is because love is willing to change. Love is willing to deal with that possibility. So there's change that comes. But here's what I love about just today, just thinking about the resurrection. Because Jesus came forth from the grave, it now offers us a chance to start life over. Think about it. Anybody in here messed up? I'm not talking about just today. Those are the ones that confess today. (laughs) Yeah, that's my spouse. I'm talking about in life. Anybody in here ever messed up? Really, really messed it up. Go ahead and put both hands up if you want. I messed it up. I tried, but I messed it up. The resurrection, because of the forgiveness that comes with it, now there's a chance to start life over. Remember playing Monopoly when you, when you were a kid? And, and I always played this with my sisters. I had three sisters, so keep me in your prayers still to this day. Only boy. We play, play Monopoly, and I thought, this isn't a hard game. I can win this game. And they kept rolling the right number, and I didn't. And they were stacking hotels on Boardwalk and Park Place. And, and, and I'd come around, and every time it seemed like as a child, right, I would land on one of their hotels. I didn't have the money. And guess what I always ask for? Hey, look, i got a great idea. Can we start the game over? And their answer was always the same. Absolutely not. We're going to crush you. You're going down. I want to start over. I want to clear the slate. See, that's what the resurrection of Jesus does. See, for, for centuries, the, the, the Christians and, and, and the Christian church have always practiced baptism, immersion. Right? It's what we, what we practice. It's what we, uh, what we stand for is of first importance. You understand that baptism it symbolizes what Jesus went through. That a dead person is buried under the water because of the sin. But then I love I love the terminology of Paul in Romans chapter six. But then we're raised to new life. See, there's resurrection. That's the beginning of our resurrection. So we get to start over. I get I get I get the slate cleared, and then I begin to learn about grace because of Jesus. See, here, there's a concept right there, grace. What we call unmerited favor. I don't deserve it. There's nothing I can do to earn it. But because of the sacrifice of Jesus and that He came forth from the tomb, that I'm forgiven and I experience grace. This is one of the only places in the world where grace is talked about and hopefully practiced. So a long time ago when I was younger and I had more hair, I decided I was preaching a series on grace. And I thought, you know what? I think I've got a great opportunity to just go out in the world and see if if there's any grace. So this was back during the time when you wrote checks, right? The only card you had was a credit card. And over the weekend, several checks started hitting our account. We were young. We had a lot of kids. We were dumb. And 
and the checks went boom, 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 boom. And so the, 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 the service fee back then went boom, 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 about six of them. Right? And those are about $30 a piece. We didn't have that money. So I got in the car and I drove down Monday morning to the bank. And I talked to the first. I said, I'd like to, I'd like to visit with the manager or somebody that, that's in charge. And, oh, okay, wait a minute. So I sat out there for quite a long time. And I went into his office. I forget the man's name. I shook his hand. And I said, I'm Danny Sears. I even told him what I did. I said, I'm the minister at the Church of Christ here in town. You know, I mean, really trying to. And um, I said, look, I got a situation. Um, last week we wrote checks. And, and, um, and we didn't coordinate it well enough. I didn't know what she was writing. She didn't know what I was writing. And they came, they came through this weekend, and they hid us, boom, 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 with all these service fees. Is there any way you could forgive that? I said it. Is there any way you could show us a little grace? <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll never forget the look on his face, and I'll never forget these words. Now, wait a minute, he said. Um, was that our fault? Was that the bank's fault? I said, oh, no, 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 no. That's our fault. We, we, we blew it. We messed it up. We wrote too many checks, not enough money to cover it. All of the fees hit. I'm just here to see if you would give us some grace and forgive that and write them off. Second time. So it wasn't the bank's fault, he said. I said, no, it wasn't the bank's fault. It was our fault. I'm just wondering if, if, if we could have some grace. And he said what I thought he would. Well, it was not the bank's fault. We're not doing anything about it. That, that's your problem. I said, and I told him what I said. I know it's my problem. We're, we're, we're guilty. And after about the fourth time, I turned around and walked out. And that's kind of an extreme example. You don't hear about grace in the world around us. Right? Everything in this world is about justice and getting your own and getting even and getting ahead and putting somebody in their place. But now, because of the resurrection of Jesus, we get to start over. And here, I think, is maybe even greater part of, of getting to start life over. We no longer have to fear death. You must not have heard me. We no longer have to fear death. For some of us, we no longer have to put on anti or anti-aging cream. We don't have to fear death. We can let the hair fall out. We all then have hope for eternal life with God through Jesus because of the resurrection. Oh, this life is important and we want to soak up every moment. But you know what? Now, this existence is not the end. Actually, it's just the very, very, very tip of the iceberg beginning because when we move to eternity, it's forever. That's what Jesus does for us. So, i got to learn how to live with the end in view. i got to learn to look at others from an eternal perspective, not just... Oh, that's an employee, and they don't do a very good job. We get to start over. So again, I learned to see potential in all situations in relationship. And it means then that I live life as an adventure. I want it to be an adventure. So to me, that is the story of the resurrection. It makes us afraid. Whoa. Look at that. What does it mean? 
We don't understand it completely, but yet at the same time, our hearts are burning within us. We're afraid, but we're full of joy. And I think that's going to be a lifelong process as we continue to think about what it means to follow the risen Savior. Now think about it in these terms. You remember what the words of Jesus were to his disciples after the resurrection? He came to them and said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. If they weren't disturbed, there would be no reason for that message. But because of this back and forth, Jesus comes along to say, here's what I want for you. Peace. In the midst of living life following a resurrected Savior and trying to work this out and to think through it and to live a life based on that, Jesus says to us today, peace. Peace be with you. And I want to say to us today, if nothing else, may we experience the peace of Jesus Christ. Because there again, we live in a world of turmoil and challenge. So the lights have come up and we proclaim today that Jesus Christ is alive. That Jesus Christ has come forth from the tomb. That Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That Jesus is the Alpha and Jesus is the Omega. The beginning and the very end. He is the bright and shining star. He's the one that points us due north. And we believe it. We're learning how to live it. And in the process, I say to you, Peace be with you. And God, thank you for Jesus. Amen. So we're going to stand and sing. And if we can pray for you today, if we can help you in any way, you can come to the front right now as we stand and sing.